The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited for our special guest today. He is the owner of CRE Pro Course, Zach Racinger. Zach, thanks for joining us today, sir. How are you? Thank you, Cody. How you doing, my man? Man, I am loving life. We were just learning out for those uh, paying attention at home about all of our setup. Zach definitely has far better setup than me, so I'm, I'm, I'm striving to be where he is. But Zach, seriously, in all seriousness, thank you for joining us today. I'm super excited to have you on, man. I got a great response to that. Uh, someone says, how are you? And, and the good one is, better than I deserve. It comes there from Ben Kogut, uh, fellow Next Level Mastermind. I love that response. Better than I deserve. It's just it's a, it's both humble and it's appreciative of where you are. So it's a yep. great one. Reminds me of a good friend of mine I used to work with. He, that's how we would greet everyone every day. So uh, Zach, just in case, I, I doubt they are, but if somebody's hearing your voice or seeing your face for the first time, give us your origin story, man. Where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what you find yourself doing these days. Well, if you're viewing this or if you're listening to this on the podcast and not on the video cast, I'm extremely handsome. Just so you just paint that picture in your mind. If you're watching on the video, you already know and you're making your own judgments anyways. No, it's great. I really appreciate it, Cody. Yeah. So I can tell you, I'm originally from Colorado. I am the son of a commercial real estate broker. You know, I would call him a heavy hitter, though I didn't know it at the time. And so, yeah, I grew up in commercial real estate. So I understand that there are very deep valleys and very high highs, very high peaks. So, and they don't come right one after the other, you know, you're going to go up a little bit, down a little bit. So I have so much appreciation as an adult now for how difficult it must've been for my dad uh, to remain level-headed through all of the ups and downs, the big losses and the big wins and sort of just remain dad and not a businessman at home. So I come out of Colorado. I've traveled to over a hundred countries. So I really enjoy travel. I really enjoy scuba diving. And I found myself in the North of Brazil about five or six years ago, I had purchased a, a 28 hectare uh, piece of land. So hectares, wait, it's maybe like, it may be like 40 acres total, something like that on the Northeast coast, because I like kiteboarding and two, I have two other business partners and we own some, uh, some land North near Fortaleza. And I was, you know, after getting beat up by the sand and having enough, doing enough kiteboarding, I said, I, I'm ready to get back into sales. And I moved here to Austin, Texas, which since five or six years ago has just exploded on the scene for both real estate, tech, business, just about everything. And I, I think people are following Elon here and they're following uh, Joe Rogan here and all the above, Lex Friedman, a bunch of these guys as they move out of California. And, and we're really blessed here in, in Austin. If, if Cody, if you haven't been here recently or, or you'd like to ever come, please come and visit. And all of your, your fans are more than welcome to reach out. Happy to help you out here in Austin or, or really anywhere. I work in commercial real estate now. I sell uh, industrial warehouse all across the country. I do big land deals, factories and shopping centers. And I, I'm really, I try to put myself into the specialty category. Some people are just triple net brokers. Some people are just land brokers, but I like when somebody comes to me, we don't take my brokerage. We don't take, but maybe one in every 10 listing proposals. 
you know, people are coming to us because we'll sell something like a, a recycling facility. And there's not a lot of people that have experience selling a recycling facility. But once you do it one time and you gather that list, you put it into a database, you start to build your book of business and maintain those relationships. Assuming that you don't move forward with one buyer, that buyer tends to buy that same asset class. So remaining, you know, taking all the notes, putting it into your CRM, whatever it is, we use HubSpot, which, you know, it, it depends. It's, it's a little bit less expensive. There are a lot of other ones out there, particularly for real estate. But I really like the, the use of HubSpot or versus a Salesforce or any of the others in my, in my opinion. But so maintaining those relationships, making those calls. I always agree. You don't want to uh, just call somebody to say, just checking in. If you come, with, come to them, come to them with some new information or some information that will be helpful for them in what they're doing or, or find out what they're doing and then go out, get that information, bring it back to them, provide value. And that's what we try to do both in my brokerage. And as you mentioned, I run CRE Pro Course. It's a real estate course for commercial real estate agents that are trying to get their first listing and their first closing within the first six months of being in commercial real estate brokerage. And you would be surprised I was surprised that it was actually possible because growing up, I mean, I came up in commercial real estate. It was one of my first jobs. And even before I was officially working, I was sort of sitting there with my dad and people were coming into the office and talking about their deals. And I said, wow, like this guy just pulled up in a Ferrari. He doesn't seem to do anything but play golf all day. What does he do? My dad said, he's in commercial real estate. You know, usually the owner or, or you know, manages a portfolio or something. But I said, I want to do that. Essentially, I was saying, I want to be rich, but I want to do that. And <laughs> because they always seem like they were having a lot of fun. And I'm sure, I mean, now that I'm here and I, I know this world, I do know it's a lot of fun, but I do know it also takes a lot of work. And for me, it took a lot of cold calls, a lot of getting hung up on. I was the number one sales guy at Zillow and at, well, at Trulia and then Zillow. And so I love to be on the phone. I love to sell. Cody, just like you, I'm a sales guy. I, I love to solve problems or help people solve problems. And that's really what sales is to me. It's connecting a buyer and a seller, finding a mutual point that where they both feel like they got a good deal and then solving their problem, whatever it is, if they're trying to unload or, or you know, free up some capital or if they're trying to spend that money or whatever it is. So you're trying to help somebody solve their problem. So that's what we do in the course. We teach people how to, if they're coming out of residential real estate or if they've been in commercial real estate, but they're just in it a short period of time, and there may be a junior on the team, right? They're the one, not the lackey, but they're the one that has to go out and knock doors, stomp floors, and, and visit the warehouse and find the buyer, or find the owner, or contact all the buyers. That's a really tough process to get your first, your, your first closing within six months. So we teach you how to go out and find your own deals how to market those deals, and then really how to bring value if you're on a team, bring it to your senior. If you're, if you're on your own, we teach you how to work with other agents that are trying to do the same thing. And, and ultimately, it's, that's all what it's about because the number one reason that people don't get into commercial real estate brokerage, in my, in my opinion, is that the time between when you actually start working in it, you, know, you pass your licensing exam, whether you start in residential, which isn't very similar, if you pass your licensing exam and you get into commercial real estate, then what do you do? There's no like playbook for that, or there wasn't until now. And so we go through 26 modules. What does a broker do? There is a finance section in it, but it's, you know, there are a lot of really good financial modeling courses out there for commercial real estate. This is how to become a real estate broker. What do they do all day? 
when you get your first closing, what do you do after that? That's when everything starts in our opinion. And that's the way the course teaches it. Once you close, that's when the really hard work starts. Cause now you're out there marketing. Hey, looks like I just sold. I can sell it for you. Let me show you how I did it. And then you've got proof of concept. So, you know, all along everything sort of culminates Cody into this holistic experience that somebody goes through and they, and it's all about really a network. That's what Cody, that's what you and I do that we've, we met each other through George Roberts, the third Dr. George Roberts, the third, who's got a great podcast uh, called the foundry. I like to uh, send you guys over that direction as well. They do it. He does a great job and uh, he introduced you and I Cody, and it's just all about networking. I'm in a, a lot of this comes from next level mastermind and I'm in a, uh, this mastermind for commercial real estate brokers, agents, developers, investors. So if you can get into a, a mastermind, if you find a mastermind, or if you can form a mastermind, I highly suggest it. Put people that you want to like, you, know, you like, respect, you want to learn more, put them in the same room. It could be virtual like we're doing here, Cody, a, a virtual room and just hash out some ideas. Absolutely. Well, and I'll, I'll shout out George again. He actually, right after this, well, while we're recording this live, Right after this, he does a Wednesday noon Eastern that that I that I've met a lot of people that have been on this show, but also a lot of other great people in the community. So, uh, to your point, I love the networking aspect. It's all going to be who can help you get the deal, who can help you find the deal, who's going to help you close the deal in this world. You reminded me. I mean, tip of the hat to you. I don't think anybody on my team's listening to this anymore, but they used to call it Codyisms. We would say we don't just do anything. That word "just" doesn't exist in our vocabulary. When we're calling, we have a purpose to call. When, we, when we're reaching out to somebody, we have a reason to reach out to somebody. We don't just do anything. I wouldn't let him type an email or use that word in a sentence. And I mean, it sounds crazy, but like when you shift your mindset around that, it's a lot different when you're thinking about, I have to have a reason to call this person because I have to call them. I have to stay in contact with them. So Zach, we could riff There's all day on solution there, Cody. And I, I would put this out to our sales ninjas, let's call them. Our sales warriors out there, that if you're looking for a an opportunity to contact, if you, for example, if you're in commercial real estate and you go to the local business journal that here in Austin, Austin Business Journal, there are probably 20 articles that come out in the last week. Each of them are in a different have a different application to a different asset class. So if you're in warehouse and industrial and they put out something on Amazon, all you do is go to your your database and look at all the people that you know that have anything to do with industrial warehouse and say, Hey, I don't know if you saw this. I, this just happened here in Austin. Even if they did, you should have a point about it, but reach out to them and say, Hey, I don't know if you saw this. I'm going to go ahead and send this article over to you. I thought you might you know, find something of value of it because X, Y, and Z. And then they say, Oh, this guy's thinking about me. He's thinking about me even when I'm not thinking about him. And so from that, they say, well, that's a good characteristic or attribute when I want him to sell my property because I want him always thinking about me, always thinking about what I'm trying to do and what my wants and needs are. And that's a difficult thing we face, Cody, as brokers is to make all of our clients feel that they're the number one priority all the time because there's some, you know, there's some fire situations that happen. Something blows up, something good happens, and they're not always on top of mind, but it's important that you make them feel that way. And that really just requires checking in, open communication, talking to them, finding out how they're feeling, and then going and working on that thing or getting your team working on that thing. I know, you I know this is unsuccess stories, so I, I want to provide you with some unsuccess stories because I think that was a great, that is a great 
way to approach business is learning, learning opportunities, let's call them. And I was thinking about this this morning. And, and look, the better you are at your job means that you've gone through a lot of those hardships. We try to eliminate a lot of those in the CRE Pro course where, you know, I, I've taken making 250 pl- plus phone calls a day at Zillow. And, and, I de- and you can imagine residential real estate agents don't have a lot of time. They do pick up the phone. So you get to talk to a lot of them. But they also think that they maybe the kings, kings and queens of their castle. They know their zip code better than anybody else. And I'm trying to call into the East Coast and throw my best Boston accent to try to tell somebody that they have a great zip code available, trying to morph that voice, trying to match the cadence of your of your of your client or your prospect. And you're reaching out to them and they're saying, look, not interested. Bam, bye. So there's enough of those, Cody, that we go through as as sales warriors to say, okay, what how can I do this better? My, my suggestion on all of this, and I guess my adage and, and wisdom of this is there's been a lot of times in my career where I've been presented with two options. One is to make a lot of money uh, doing something that I know is going to be fairly easy and rudimentary and boring, but I can do it really well. And the other one is doesn't pay as well, typically. Uh, it requires me to find figure more things out. It's not a plug and play. I don't drop in. I'm not some cog in the wheel of a huge machine. But it does allow me the opportunity to learn more. And so ultimately, I always advise our, we have mentees inside of CRE Pro Course. We offer one-on-one uh, help and, and one-on-one training for, for mentees. And so they oftentimes get asked, should I, should I go with a, with a JLL or should I go with a local brokerage of medium size? And we go through this in the course, how to make that decision for yourself. But I always suggest, you know, you want to go with something kind of in the middle. So you still have the opportunity to apply your knowledge and learning and understanding things that you've, uh, systems that you've formed. So if you go into work into a JLL, you're kind of stuck into their system. You're probably really good at your job. You're probably a great broker and, and you're going to do great things. But it doesn't give you the outlet, the mental outlet to apply your, your new solutions. The great thing about a mid-tier company is that you have some capital and some name recognition that you can drop your name. People don't have to ask you, wait, who are you? Uh, it's always a joke from when I worked at Trulia. They go, no, 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 Julia doesn't work here. And I was like, no, 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 it's Trulia. Like, like the sister company to Zillow. And they're like, yeah, my sister Julia is still not here. Bye. <laughs> so I, I always suggest going with the company or, or the opportunity that you can learn the most from. But this is the most important part, Cody is don't become uh, complacent, lazy in, a, in that position, right? Because there's a, there's a high probability that if you're taking less money, you're doing it because you want to learn something. Don't forget that. And don't always, you know, you want to make sure you don't you keep that company on edge. If Cody comes in here and he does a great job, even though he's not going to make the money he would have at JLL, he's providing a value. We want to retain that value. How do we do that? And we do that by giving him maybe extra resources, or if he proves himself, you know, pushing him up and the uh, giving him a, a, a higher salary or, you know, a better commission split or whatever it is. So yeah, always be learning, always be advancing and always take notes on that stuff. Because I know sometimes you take a company, you take a role at a company and you become sort of lazy in that position. And then after a year you go, what, what did I really learn over the last year? I made less money. And I, lear- and I learned not as much as I thought. What did I do? What could I have done better? 
So I would, mm -hmm. that would be my advice. And I've done that many times where I take a job and I've said, oh, I'm going to learn so much in this role. And then you just get into the easiness of it and the laid back and the, oh, well, I guess I'm not making as much money as I could have if I went with that bigger company. And, and you can learn at the big companies too. Don't get me wrong on that. But, and I think one of the best things that I've learned, and I took this from a podcast and a, and a management program called Manager Tools. Fantastic program if no one's ever looked into it. Manager Tools. All right. Yep. Manager-tools.com. Okay. They, they have this philosophy and, and it's, it's related to writing a resume. So when I was working my W-2, writing a resume was always challenging because you have to think about, okay, I've been in this role for X number of years. How many, how, what have I done? What do I need to talk about what I've done and how do I remember that? So they had this exercise that you jog my memory about that you would, at the end of each quarter, you would just write down what you did and what you learned. And you would just have this ongoing list and it can be a physical, it can be a word document. You just type it up, just have it ongoing, save it somewhere safe. And you just have this ongoing list that every quarter you wrote down what you did, what you accomplished and what you learned. So when it came time to do a resume, you could just pull from that list, the best of the best and say, look, early on, I did this. I have it, it developed and I was able to do these things later in my career. Same thing with what you're talking about. When you think about look, going back and thinking about what you learned, if you're jotting that down along the way, it's easy to recall what you've learned. So if you're at a medium-sized company, or if you want to go you know, partner with somebody and, and they want to see what kind of credentials you have or whatever it be, or you want to go work for the big dogs, you have it readily available. This is what I did. This is what I learned. This is what I experienced. This is what I accomplished. And it's already Pretty written down. Like a living, breathing resume. Exactly. That was the, the concept. So you, know, you, uh, gave me a, I, you give me a good idea there, Cody, in, in that I've made a transition in the last two or three years from being an employee to being a CEO, to being a partner in a, in a brokerage. And it, one of the things that my father pointed out to me, because I was griping about my, this two years ago, my, my uh, company saying, oh, we want you to do more. We want you to do more than you're, you think that you're getting paid for. And I said, ah, I'm not going to do that. I don't make any extra money when I do that. And then come two years later, I'm saying the same thing about my employees. Like, why don't they just do more? Why don't they do, you know, don't they understand that this business is here to make money and why don't they do more? And when you say that, you know, it's the same thing I think about a, a CRM. My father never had a central CRM until a Newmark Knight came in and bought their, their brokerage, their hundred year old brokerage where you had the Rolodex on your table. That was yours. You left, you walked away with that. That was your currency. Then it went to ACT. So that's just on your computer. You know, then they start bleeding into a CRM. And now even today, I'm having my agents put in information and use a CRM because I'm saying it's better for all of us. But is it? It's really better for me as the brokerage owner because if that guy leaves and I lock him out of this thing, then I have all this information. Now I'm saying, I, I approach it from both sides because I'm both an employee today and an owner today. I don't want to spend time putting things into a CRM and I don't want to be building up a CRM for somebody. I mean, it's selfish, but I don't want to be building up a CRM for somebody else to take advantage of later. At the same time, it's really helpful because I can share in the information of everybody else. So it's the duality there. What you were saying there, Cody, is actually really interesting because not actually really, it is really interesting because, you know, if every employee were to write down or everybody, not just the employees, uh, the owners as well, everybody were to write down the things that were that they learned or that they experienced or that they benefited from during this quarter, we would know as an owner, I would know like, what are you getting out of this? Like, do you know, did, did providing you with a new LMS, like provide you any value or did you just have to do it because I told you to do it or as part of the requirement of the company? 
And that happens a lot in tech sales, man. And like, there's a lot of wasted resources out there because somebody sold you on the idea that your company should be using this new software. Thus, you make all your employees train on it. Nobody uses it. They do it because they have to. It doesn't provide any value or benefit and it wastes a lot of people's time and money. So I think that's a great thing from the employee's standpoint up. Like, what did you learn? Not like, what can we do better? Like that, I don't know that it gets a little bit dicey when you start sending out a, a feedback form to your employees saying like, how would you rate my performance on this? You know, like it just gets really personal. People don't answer them honestly. But if you were to say, hey, look, what that we did this year helped you, not what did you not like, but what did you like? Because let's do more of that. If it's team bonding experiences, playing bowling or something like that, let's do more of that. Like, I want to keep you around. I want you to be, I want you to have fun here. And that is, I mean, that is one of the things I think that we sometimes lose in commercial real estate that tech really has gotten right. And I live in the city here of Austin and, and we're, we're sort of trending in the same direction as Seattle and, and San Francisco in that we're bringing in the tech talent. And the way we do that is by providing foosball tables, ping pong tables, and all the matcha you can drink. And so that just creates a fun atmosphere to go to work. And people are willing to accept less money when they have, when they're, and it's an enjoyable thing to go to work when it's, when they like being around their coworkers and they hang out with them outside of work. And we can all learn from other industries. And that Absolutely. may be an unsuccess story of real estate thus far is adaptation to tech and then making it more fun, making it more exciting to come to work. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, uh, as much as I, I mean, I have a scratch piece of paper literally off to the side, but I know you and I were talking about literally before we hit record, just being able to jot down your thoughts and using different apps and things like that to be able to just retain information and, and the the adoption of tech, I think in the right format and leveraging it the right way and not letting it be a distraction, but being a tool that it was intended to be is probably the most important thing. But Zach, I go the other way, Cody. I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, pen and paper guy. I carry You and I were talking about this. We, we, we differ on one thing. Yeah, I know you're the man. We, 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 uh, we differ in one thing in that you walk around your neighborhood taking uh, notes on your, your phone on uh, drafts, the app, app drafts. And I carry around a little notebook. looks like I'm writing parking tickets to people as I'm walking around the neighborhood taking notes, but both walking, which you and I love taking walking notes, memory, like jogs, a lot of things in your mind, being active. And I think being outside. I've got a coworker who does the treadmill in the office and I'm like, it's good. It's better than nothing, but like get outside fresh air, get some, I'll walk my puppy, walk some, walk around, get, you know, see some stimulus outside of your house that you're, or your office or wherever you are. That'll jog some, some memories, some, some ideas. And if you can take notes while doing it, that's great. I, I do think it get a lot of it for us probably gets lost here, Cody, where like we write it down and then I put the notebook somewhere. I can't find the notebook. I buy a new notebook and then I find it like two years later. And I'm like, oh, that was a good idea. I should have done that. <laughs> pro, pro tip. When you're writing yeah. down your things, take your iPhone, take a picture at the end of the day, throw it in your Apple notes and just let it just have a scrolling list of all your things. I that, like it. I, I got that from a, somebody else's podcast, but. Unsuccess, story, uh, un unsuccess stories. Pro tip. <laughs> there you go. Hey, there we uh, go. We're hashtagging what, you already, man. You're trending on Twitter. I can tell it. That's That could be a good <laughs> or a bad thing. Hey, Zach, between tech, sales, real estate, we could riff all day. I, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you on. I love the energy. I love what you guys are doing. I love what you're doing for brokers and helping them get out there and be successful and getting their feet off the ground. For those that want to work with you, that want to learn from you, want to connect with you, where's the best place on the interwebs they can find you at? 
Yeah, I, I uh, have probably close to 20,000 followers now on uh, LinkedIn. So I'm Zach Racinger. Last name is R-O-E-S-I-N-G-E-R. I think they'll probably be in your show notes down below. But yeah, check me out. Our course is CRE Pro Course, CRE Pro Course.com. If you know other CRE pros or if you want to be introduced to them, if you're wondering if commercial real estate's for you or if you're struggling to get your first close, let's do that for you. I mean, the money is huge in commercial real estate. Making three to 6% of a $5 million deal could set up your family for life or, or for, a, for a better life. And I just love those success stories or unsuccess stories that come into us. But the success stories that come from CRE pros, when they tell me they just took their family on a vacation to Disneyland and they never thought they'd be able to do that because of one thing they implemented from, from our course, it's just mind-blowing to me. I love to provide value. And Cody, I want to give you a big prop. Uh, you're doing a great job, man. I love the title of your podcast and the idea that you're coming to this with. Let's learn from the mistakes of, first of all, let's divulge those mistakes and be okay with those. And second of all, let other people learn from those. Maybe they want to go through it themselves, but chances are it would be, it would be nice to sort of avoid some of those mistakes in the past that you've gone through, learn from each other, and then join a network where you can connect with other people that will help you do that. Perfect. I, I love it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Zach, again, thank you for coming. Thank you for everyone for listening and watching at home. And we'll see y'all next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.